0: Welcome, this is the Dr. Nisha Jackson Show. My name is Rusty Humphreys, I'm your humble host. She is Dr. Nisha Jackson, she is your humble uh, genius, and uh, she is here to, I don't know, I'm looking at your shirt. First of all, it's a cool shirt. You thank got you. cool glasses, it's like, uh, almost like a, a military. So, yeah, you know, I mean, Michael
1: Jackson you. would have
0: wore that shirt.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Why? But. <laughs> It's pink. Does that mean uh, something special?
1: I'm paying tribute to all of my patients and friends that have had breast cancer because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So Um, I thought we should do a little show on breast cancer.
0: Yeah, let's do that. That's the only thing that's ever affected my family. My aunt passed away of, of breast cancer. It was a terrible thing. It took her far too young. Do we know more about breast cancer today than we did 10, 15 years ago, or has it pretty much stayed the same?
1: Yes, breast cancer today is so treatable, so much more treatable than it has ever been because we're detecting it earlier, Uh, but it's still the most common uh, cause of, the most common cancer in American women, and it's the second most common cause of cancer cell deaths in women, but lung cancer still kills about four times as many women each year as breast cancer, Is that
0: because of smoking? There's still that many smokers or is it from other things?
1: Yeah, there's different types of lung cancer besides smoking. There's about 230,000 new cases of breast cancer diagnosed in women in the U.S. Um, And each year, about 2,300 new cases are diagnosed in men. So it's definitely something that that affects men and women, but women much more predominantly than than men.
0: Wait, wait. wait. So you said th- that men get breast cancer too?
1: Yes. I've men never heard cancer. that before. Yes, yes. It's actually uh, it's not it's not common. Obviously, you heard those numbers. It's not very common, but it can happen. Uh, so um, it is something that men do have to pay attention to. If they notice one of the signs, and I thought today would be good just to kind of go over, you know, a lot of people get confused about breast cancer and diagnosis and risk factors and genetics and all that stuff. I just thought we would just go over some of the pearls and then just briefly go over some things that women could be thinking about for protection of their breasts that maybe they're not hearing everywhere because okay. I like to take sometimes a little bit different slant to it. Let's do it. Um. So, first of all, we know that that, uh, being a woman increases your risk because it's much more prevalent in women than men. Uh, Being over the age of 55 increases your risk. Obviously, if you have the inherited genes, the BRCA1 and the BRCA2, these are risk factors, uh, genetic uh, mutations for breast cancer. Um, having a family history, especially a first degree relative, that would be mother or sister. Second degree would be grandmother. But so if you have a, a personal family history of breast cancer, it could increase your risk. Um, having dense breast tissue is a risk factor, a risk factor. And some women, even as they get older, continue to have dense uh, dense breast tissue. And that shows up on a mammogram. White women are overall slightly more likely to develop breast cancer, but African-American women are also um, more likely to develop breast cancer under the age of 45. So white women overall are more uh, likely to develop breast cancer, but African-American women are more likely to develop it in younger years. Um There's certain types of benign uh, breast problems that actually can turn into cancer. And so that's one thing I I do want to mention today. If you are consistently getting something on a mammogram that's abnormal, um, make sure that you don't just write it off for good because it could turn into something or it could be that the breast cancer is hiding within something that looks benign. So again, if you don't feel like you're getting your answers, I always like to say this, Get a second opinion.
0: Is there something that you should that you feel or that kind of tips you off that you should start going, maybe I should get something checked out?
1: Yes, I want to go through some of the some of the things that you may notice, just the way the look, the breast looks or feels that should alert you to the fact that that something should be done. Most of the breast cancers today, Rusty, are picked up on screening, not necessarily on 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 uh, women picking them up themselves.
0: So does that mean because you're able to find it earlier now? Yes. Okay, that's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On a mammogram, you could pick it up on a mammogram years before you would ever feel it. Wow. Years. And sometimes in some cases with aggressive cancers, months. Um, Menopause after the age of 55. So then the more number of years, the greater number of years that you actually menstruate as a woman puts you at a higher risk. So if you start your periods early in life, Or you go later in life uh, waiting to get into menopause, the more number of years, the greater number of years that you're menstruating increases your risk. And I'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, Any radiation to the chest, um, you know, numerous chest x-rays, CAT scans, things like that can increase your risk also. We know now that women that consume alcohol on a regular basis may be putting themselves at risk. Being overweight puts you at risk because there's numerous toxins that are stored in fat cells. In addition, estrogen, uh, a certain type of estrogen is made from fat cells, so that increases your risk if you're overweight. Um, I thought this was interesting and something I didn't know. The highest concentration of breast cancer in the United States is Los Angeles County, uh, New York Washington, d c and Harris County, Texas.
0: Wow, so some of the biggest population centers, yes, um that's interesting. any yeah. any theories on why that's the case?
1: No, but I'll give you my theory is environmental toxins are have to be right up on top of the list for sure. Uh, t- stress and environmental toxins in in those particular areas. Not that we don't have environmental toxins in other areas, but certainly, pollution has got to be um much more significant in these areas um the uh, the lowest incidence of breast cancer in the united states i thought this was interesting too is arkansas with only about 106 breast cancer cases per one hundred thousand, which is significantly less than other areas followed by new mexico wyoming um and utah so those are the states that have the lowest incidence of breast cancer. So now everyone's going to be moving to those states. No, I'm just... <laughs> um, A lot of people believe that breast pain is actually a sign of breast cancer, but it typically isn't a sign of breast cancer. Um, there is something called fibrocystic breast changes, which I want to talk about when I get into the hormones in just a little bit, because many women um, have never made the correlation between high stress and not ovulating. So when you have high stress as a woman, you, it can interfere with your ability to ovulate. If you don't ovulate, you cannot make a hormone called progesterone. If you don't make progesterone, progesterone is the hormone that's actually breast protective. Isn't that the happy hormone?
0: The one you call it's a happy the, hormone?
1: Yeah, it's a happy hormone. It, it it's really good for depression and anxiety, but it's also breast cancer and uterine cancer protective. So it That's what it happy. Yes, it's happy. <laughs> it downregulates breast receptor sites. So if you're not ovulating because you're overly stressed or you're in menopause or you are in a situation where you might only be taking estrogen, but you're not offsetting it with progesterone, not progestin, but progesterone, you could be overstimulating the breasts and that can cause fibrocystic changes, which are little tiny cysts in the breasts that can be very painful. So that's actually a sign that your hormones are probably not balanced. But it also can be something that's very alarming to women when they have painful breasts, because the first thing they think of is breast cancer. But typically, fibrocystic breast changes is not—it's not that's not cancer. It's just I—I I, I think the take-home message, instead of just saying, "Hey, your mammogram today showed that you had fibrocystic breast changes," hey, we'll see you in a year. I think instead of telling women that, what we should say is, hey, you've got fibrocystic breast changes. That's why the your breasts hurt, especially in the upper outer quadrant of the breast, like going up towards the armpit. That's the most common area for these cystic changes to happen. And so instead of just telling women, hey, we'll see you in a year for your mammogram, what we should be telling them is, Have your hormones checked because you're likely not to have enough progesterone. Therefore, you're overstimulating the breasts with estrogen and putting yourself at a higher risk for not only these cystic changes that are painful, but for breast cancer. So I I like to try to tie these things together because breast cancer is not typically painful. But it could be that you have something else going on that's causing the breast pain that could be fixed by balancing your hormones that would protect you from breast cancer. So anyway, make sure you look at this if that's something that you have. But breast pain is typically not a sign of breast cancer. But what could be a sign, and to answer your question from earlier, Rusty, could be if there's a skin irritation Uh, that's not healing, excessive redness of the breast, that's very unusual, dimpling of the breast where the breast looks like it's almost like dimpling, uh, like the skin, the contour of the breast, the the actual skin is changed. It looks dimpling, uh, like it's dimpling, thickening of the breast or retraction of the nipple or when the nipple inverts and goes inside. Those are all abnormal changes. It doesn't mean you have cancer. It means it needs to be checked out. So um, those are some things that I think women, that women just need to know.
0: Are we finding that breast cancer is increasing, or it's getting better now? The the overall numbers. Have you looked into yeah. that? The
1: the 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 numbers are pretty stable. I mean, it goes up and down just a little bit. Our detection is still really good for breast cancer, which is great um there's been some changes in the last 2 years we've told women self breast exam doesn't really work um you know we're not really detecting breast cancer very much from self breast exam i tell women please remove that from your brain when you read that in a magazine because i think that's really bad advice to tell women because i think women should become very comfortable with their breasts i think their partners should be comfortable with their breasts Because women, women should know their bodies and they should know when something doesn't feel right. Just like the fibrocystic thing I just told you about, I mean women should be all over that and say, you know what, that's not normal and I don't want that to happen, I need to make sure I'm okay. And so if the message goes out, hey on the recent study we found out that self breast exam doesn't really detect more breast cancer, who cares? Women still need to be in tune with their bodies and they need to know how their breasts feel because they're still the best, the best uh, person to, to identify if something's not right. And if you just take that advice and you never check your breasts again, I think that's really bad advice. Mm-hmm. I've had, I've had a lot of patients, many, many, many patients over the last 30 years come in and say, I found this lump. Well, what if they, what if we just told women, Hey, just don't bother ever checking your breasts. Right. That. That was the information that came out this last uh, two years. Which is silly. Why would they say that? I don't know. You know, it's just, you know, studies come out and then they just adopt these studies. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. The other thing that came out was that women only need to have a mammogram every two to three years. Now, I don't really, I don't agree with that either. It's hard to get on, you know, I I think sometimes we do too many mammograms. We do too much radiation to the breast. But I also think that 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 telling women that they need to have them every three to four years it from a general standpoint some women have more risk factors than others just like those risk factors that I just read to you you know having women late in life I mean having children late in life not breastfeeding there's certain factors that 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 women who have these risk factors should be getting more frequent evaluations rather than less frequent. So, anyway, i I feel like you your 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 specific risk factors need to be taken into consideration before you just throw in the towel and say, "Ah, I don't need to have a mammogram or a breast ultrasound or an MRI or whatever." Um, the other thing that I want to touch on is the um, the risk for breast cancer being inherited. Many people think that the number one risk factor for breast cancer is having a family member that has it. That's not true. Eighty percent of breast cancers are not familial. There's no family history. Only twenty percent. So um, it's it's still it's still one of those things that you can't just rely on a family history. And many people say, "Oh, I don't need to have a mammogram." I've heard this a hundred times. I don't need to have a mammogram because I don't have any family history of it. Well, don't bank on that because eighty percent of breast cancers have nothing to do with family history. So so don't just don't just rely on that. Um, some of the other things that I think are important from a prevention standpoint that I think women need to know about is if we go back to the hormones, I really believe that, um, one of the things that, that women are not told today is they're not told that there are things from a hormonal standpoint that they could be doing to protect their breasts, such as they could be, um, really working at balancing the ratio between estrogen and progesterone. So estrogen upregulates the breast receptor sites and progesterone downregulates. They are meant to be in balance. They're meant to be in harmony with each other. And and so if you get too much estrogen, and that could be, remember how I just told you, Rusty, that when women are stressed, they don't ovulate? Right,
0: right. So
1: if you don't ovulate, that's the only way you can make progesterone so let's just say a woman's going along and she's stressed out of her mind like you know 90 percent of all women and she's not ovulating and uh she's therefore is not making progesterone that means she's only making estrogen i mean she's making other hormones but she's doesn't have the balance between estrogen and progesterone and then she goes into a state that we call estrogen dominance the do, the, the estrogen is dominating the progesterone so that's
0: why almost, is that bad? You know, women are full of estrogen, men are full of testosterone. That should be a good thing, right?
1: Yeah, but it's not good no. for the breast. It's actually not good for any part of the body because you gain weight and you get bloated and you get emotional, you fly off the handle, your PMS goes through the roof. So it's not good. Your face looks terrible. So the the the, the, the progesterone balances the, the estrogen and it down regulates the breast receptor site. So it's very protective to the breast and the uterus. So, so I believe that if you have any signs of estrogen dominance, like your periods are heavy, they're irregular, you have breast cysts, you have uterine fibroids, ovarian uh, ovarian uh, reoccurring ovarian cysts, you have problems with polycystic ovarian syndrome, you have issues with breast pain or fibrocystic changes, any of those things are happening, get your hormones tested and get balanced between estrogen and progesterone because it will help protect you. Um, We also know now that women who use progesterone and testosterone in menopause, as opposed to just using estrogen alone, have a greater protection against breast cancer. Uh, Progesterone and testosterone are both can be breast cancer protective. Uh, Obviously, quitting smoking, um, if you're among the 85% of Americans who don't smoke, you're already ahead of the game for sure. But uh, smoking increase, your, increases your risk of breast cancer. We know that alcohol and, to some degree, caffeine can increase your risk of breast cancer. The jury's still out on caffeine, but we do know that for some women that have two glasses of an alcoholic beverage per night, uh, do put ha- can put themselves at risk for the most common uh, type of breast cancer, which is ductal cancer. Mm. That's the cancer that occurs in the, in the milk ducts. Uh, keeping yourself at a healthy weight is very important. Uh, we know that women that are overweight, so even losing 10% of your body weight can reduce your risk for breast cancer. Um, this one I think is really important for women. Uh, we know that exercises, exercise, regular exercise significantly reduces your risk for breast cancer. So trying to get 150 minutes of moderate exercise every week uh, can significantly reduce your risk of breast cancer and other types of cancer. Avoiding, uh, my favorite, avoiding uh, heavily processed foods and sugars in your diet because of the inflammatory effect that happens. Uh, We know now that not getting enough sleep, and I'm going to say seven hours is the cutoff.
0: Seven's the least amount.
1: Yes, that's the cutoff. Okay. Now, just remember when you're under a lot of stress, you may need more sleep. But people don't get more sleep, Rusty, when they're under stress. They get less. Because so, I'm down
0: to like 10 or 11 hours. Is that okay? No. I'm kidding. no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you must be really stressed.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh, we know that getting more sleep uh, provides uh, re- re- restoring for the body. It helps make hormones while you're sleeping that helps you get through your next day. It helps balance your adrenal glands. It reduces inflammation. It does protect against breast cancer. Uh, Environmental pollutions. We had one show recently. If, if, If anyone listening to this show is interested in environmental toxins, please go back and listen to my show on Going Green. Um, the environmental toxins are really big as it pertains to breast cancer because the, 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 the toxins in the body like to reside in the fat cells and other places, but the fat cells are a very common area for toxins to reside. So protecting yourself from these toxins, and I'm talking about things that you're putting on your hands that you're putting on your body that have, um, yeah, g-
0: give me a couple of things that I mean, cause perfume is one of them right? Things that people normally just don't even think about. Toothpaste for some is not great, right?
1: Yeah. So just trying to go as organic as possible. I just refer everyone to that website, EWG.org. Ew, It kind of sounds like a rhyme. EWG.org. I think we can get a little tuned to that. (laughs)
0: EWG.org. Yeah. EWG.org. That's right. Uh.
1: So it stands for environmentalworkinggroup.org and it lists hundreds of acceptable body creams, body lotions, shampoos, conditioners, but just staying away from phthalates and PCBs and and, and it's all the it's all the names you can't even pronounce on the back that you should be staying away from. Okay. So just go to that website and just and try to start having more, uh, using more organic um, products on your body, on your hair, in your mouth uh, would be really helpful for avoiding trying to get organic fruits or really washing your fruits and vegetables well is very important. Staying away from eating a lot of uh, uh, meat and poultry that might not be organic or grass fed that, that could have antibiotics in them um, can make a difference. Um, and then I, I, I'm going to go back to just understanding your body and looking at the appearance of your breasts, making sure that things don't look different. Like, look at yourself in the mirror every once in a while and just make sure that things don't look different from month to month. It's best for women who are menstruating to check their breasts after their period because they'll be more um, uh, they'll be more comfortable to do it after your period. But it definitely will be less, less lumpy feeling. And then I'm just going to give you my little tip before we go. I'm going to give you my little tip on when you're doing a self-breast exam, I always tell my patients this. So when you're checking the breasts, you're looking for something that feels like cauliflower. Now, if you would imagine like running your fingers across the top of cauliflower, it would be very hard and irregular, right? It's not soft and squishy. Cauliflower is not soft and squishy. Cauliflower is hard and irregular and kind of like lumpy, but fat cells, which the breast is made up of fat, fat feels just like if you were to feel fat on meat, you know, like a piece of meat that you got, it feels soft and squishy or like little tiny, like BBs. That's, that's normal breast tissue usually but if something feels hard and irregular and it's almost like it's fixed like it's sewn to the back part of the breast when you run your fingers across it it doesn't go with your fingers it's stuck it's like it's it's like it's sewn to the back part of your breast so when you run your fingers across that little stalk of cauliflower which is what breast cancer feels like, your your fingers get stuck on it. It doesn't move with your fingers like fat tissue does, which is normal in the breast. So just keep that picture in mind when you're checking your breast because I think that that's a really good picture. So if there's any men listening to this and you have a, a female partner Uh, Maybe you could help her with this. Now you have a picture and and an idea in your mind like what you're looking for. And make sure you check all the way up into the armpit of the breast because that's where the lymph nodes are. You don't want to feel any enlargement in the lymph nodes coming right down the middle part of your armpit. Uh, And this is true for men and women. By the way, this is not just women. Um, and so uh, this this is the way I try to teach my patients how to do a self-breast exam. And for some reason, they just get it. They just get it when I explain it that way.
0: Well, you did a heck of a job on this uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is what October is. And yes. uh, this is great information. Thank you, uh, Nisha. We sure appreciate it. And by the way, if you love this show, and I know you did, we subscribe to it. Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button. Google Podcasts, hit the subscribe button. There's a lot of other great uh, podcast apps out there, especially if you have an Android device. Overcast is a good one. YouTube, hit subscribe. Facebook, hit the like button and subscribe. Share it and let people know about the Dr. Nisha Jackson Show. Also, her book it's out there, Brilliant Burnout, How Successful Driven Women Can Stay in the Game by Rewiring Their Bodies, Brains, and Hormones. Uh, anything else you want to wrap things up with dr nisha
1: yes one more supplement that i think is really important so two things actually Uh, think about doing because i think this is important for just cancer prevention in general but definitely breast cancer think about going through a kind of like a detox at least twice a year where you're you're improving the state of your liver and you're, you're doing your own detox number two think about using the supplement especially if you're high risk but or you have some of those estrogen dominant symptoms that I talked about earlier, get on the supplement called DIM, D-I-M. That supplement actually helps with the metabolization of estrogen, and that is something that women can really benefit from if they have estrogen dominance or increased signs of breast cancer, or if on a mammogram you've read that you have dense breast tissue or any abnormalities that are showing up, even if they're benign, that can actually help support the healthiness of the breast. D as in dog, I am, dim.
0: Can you get that at NishaJackson.com?
1: Yes, 200 milligrams.
0: All right, 200, 200 200 milligrams. All right, check out her website, NishaJackson.com. Again, subscribe to this podcast. We appreciate it. Share it. Tell your friends because you want to help save their lives too, right? We'll catch you next time. I'm Rusty Henry. She is Dr. Nisha Jackson, and this is The Nisha Jackson Show.